0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger and also right here every weekday, 1 Pacific 4 Eastern. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube because we are all over all of those social media platforms. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Usually the first thing that pops up, and we always appreciate your feedback. Uh, It's Wednesday, and we've got plenty to talk about when it comes to football. We've got college football week three. We've got NFL week two. And, of course, we've got our daily Major League Baseball picks with Craig Trapp today. So a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, But first, some NFL injuries just to knock out of the way. Before we get the show started, the Chiefs, their wide receiver Tyreek Hill, now out four to six weeks uh, with a sternoclavicle injury, which – I believe is somewhere in this area uh, around his collarbone but anyways he's out four to six weeks uh, a big loss for the Chiefs there but some good news their quarterback Patrick Mahomes is back at practice today after spraining his ankle this weekend so good news uh, for their offense in that aspect Uh, the Chiefs play the Raiders this week Uh, Patriots new receiver Antonio Brown is now being accused of rape The Patriots say they are investigating the claims, but there's definitely no guarantees that AB plays this week versus the Dolphins. That's a situation they'll be monitoring day to day. Chargers tied in Hunter Henry uh, out indefinitely. So, um, I believe, (coughs) excuse me. So, if you're betting on the Chargers, uh, keep that in mind because he is a big part of their offense, especially uh, with running back Melvin Gordon not in the picture. Brewers MVP candidate, Christian Yelich, is now out for the season. He uh, fouled a ball off his knee. It looked really painful, and now he's out for the year, which is a huge blow uh, for Milwaukee. He was an MVP candidate. He hit 44 home runs this year. So needless to say, a lot of production in their lineup. Uh, Starting off today, (coughs) excuse me, I need some water. Uh, We'll start off today with college football week three with Sean Higgs. We've got a few games to get to. It's going to be a great show, so stick with us after the break as we delve in to some college football here on Picks and Parlays Radio. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, We've got Sean Higgs with no blonde wig for the viewers today. (laughs) Which, uh, you do look a little more professional, I will say. Uh, And I do (laughs) like the the pullover. It looks like you're about to run an offense or something, or maybe a defense from the booth. Right?
1: Yeah, it's nice. I like the... uh... I like the little zip-up pullovers. They're nice. I like I them. I think they call them but, you know. shells
0: or something. Um, I don't know. But yeah,
1: it's it's a shirt to me. It's my this is my fancy shirt.
0: It's covering your body. That's all we need to know, I suppose. All right, so let's get to this week three of college football. I can't believe it's already week three. Uh, it's really flying by. Uh, let's start off with Washington State and Houston. Uh, this is the Friday game, the late game, I believe, or the later. Of all the Friday games, Houston, is the they are the dogs in this one. They get nine points. Washington State, 2-0 and this season with big wins over New Mexico State and Northern Colorado, which is an FCS team. So that 59-17 win should have a little asterisk beside it. Same with Houston. Of course, we remember that Oklahoma game where they opened the season with a 49-31 loss. But you know what? They still covered. Uh, and then they played an FCS team in Prairie View last week, 37-17. They did not cover in this one. So let's talk about um, uh, the spread in this one and opening thoughts.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, 9 and 74 and a half, Not exactly a home game. It is at NRG Stadium, which is four or five miles from the campus. So uh, Houston did take care of Oklahoma here in, I believe, 2016. So, Listen. It's essentially a home game for them. It's, they're going to have a good crowd. And I could, I'll could i say this right now. I guarantee the Cougars are going to win. We could put that in big, bold type somewhere because uh, – well, <laughs> So don't Cougars. take
0: Houston money line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, I like Houston. as We did the show, and I had them with the points against the Sooners. And, listen, Hurts had a monster game. But you know what Sooners do well that Washington doesn't do well here is run the ball. Right. So – Again, I'm getting nine points at home. Uh, we've mentioned King, the quarterback, before. The kid had 50 touchdowns last year. I get Mike's Leach. He runs a nice offense. But, again, I'm not uh, really sold on him right now. You've had a couple tune-ups. But now Pac-12 on the road, laying almost double digits. Prove something to me, Pac-12. Please. I don't know if I, it's I fair to
0: group them in the Pac-12, because obviously the Pac-12 has not had the best opening weeks in college football. They do have something to prove. I think the question for me is how, do, how does Houston fare? Uh, against a pass-heavy offense because obviously that's what we're going to see with Washington State. They run the air raid. They throw the ball a whole lot. Their quarterback already has 884 yards, nine touchdowns, just an interception, and 74 attempts. So they throw the ball a whole lot. So something we can learn from that OU game, Uh, Jalen Hurts, he had 332 yards uh, in the air. So it just seems to me that Houston's not going to be able to stop uh, this Washington State offense. So 75, I think, is the total uh, yeah, that looks really points. high. Do you think it hits that?
1: Listen, it should because we saw Houston not stop anybody and they could put up points themselves. Again, you're looking at Washington State here, they put up 117 points versus Northern Colorado and the Prairie View team. Uh, listen, you're a big school. You should take care of business like that. Houston didn't do that last game. But, you know what? Maybe they're focused on, all right. We had a bad loss to the Sooners. We didn't look good. Let's, let's focus on this. We have a big game coming up on deck. We could not really worry about playing our own Prairie View team here. I think the defense is going to be a little better, believe it or not. But I just, a shootout for sure. But if I've got nine points in my back pocket and something that's going to be up and down the field, I'm taking it. I'm taking it here, especially at home. You know? Right, I, I know especially Beach with just those garbage not...
0: time touchdowns. I, I was talking about that yesterday. Some of those That's garbage time touchdowns cover. can really hurt you. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, I mean, it, it happens in the NFL. It I, always, I mean, college, forget about it. We see it all the time. Uh, Clemson, six seconds left, touchdown in that game. So again, nine points. That back door is wide, wide open. It's like a double barn door with a guy who has fifty touchdowns under his belt and a, a head coach in uh, Hogerson. Who loves to move the ball, right? So for me, and it I'm should be noted that the these two
0: coaches are very familiar with each other. Uh, Dana Holgorsen actually played receiver yeah. for for Mike Leach, and yeah, so I mean Iowa, they know exactly it, what's Iowa coming. If anybody knows the offense that's coming, you know it's these two coaches. So it's a matter of if they can stop it.
1: Yeah, well, one defense is going to have to make a play or two. If somebody's going to have a bad turnover. It's going to cost the game. I mean. Listen, I like Houston in the points. I'll probably sprinkle some money line here. The total, again, it's a big number, but hey, we've we've seen Houston already go up and down the field with Oklahoma. Uh, why not the same? I mean, I'm not really gonna play on a total, but if you you like the over, I can't really talk you out of it with the way, uh, the, or I should say, the lack of defensive play from Houston. So, you know, right. for me, though, the points definitely for sure.
0: And especially since Washington State throws the ball so much, because sometimes you see it yeah. with these teams that are really run heavy, you can really run the clock down, uh, which is not no, good not when running. you're playing it over. Uh, let's move no, on to Kansas State and Mississippi State. K-State, uh, the dogs in this one, plus 8, uh, total around 53. Uh, both teams, 2-0. and oh. Kansas State with convincing wins over Nichols forty nine fourteen and Bowling Green fifty two to nothing. Meanwhile, Kansas or uh, Mississippi State, excuse me, uh, Louisiana Lafayette thirty two thirty uh, eight twenty eight win. They didn't cover in that one and Southern Miss thirty eight fifteen win. Uh, initial thoughts on this one and how it might shape up.
1: Well, you know, Bill Snyder's finally gone out of Kansas State here. You got Chris Kleiman comes down from North Dakota State in the FCS where he won three titles in five years. Uh, uh, this SEC, how is this team ranked? The, the bias is just ridiculous. I mean, uh, and I I had a Southern Miss last week, so maybe I'm a little jaded on Mississippi State. I'm not a fan of them. I'll definitely be looking uh, at the underdog in this game. But here you go. You're laying eight at home. I get it. It's K-State. They're not supposed to be good. Listen, K-State under Snyder, these guys were successful, you know. They win eight, nine, ten games. A couple of times they've uh, done better than that in bowl games. So now you get got a new head coach coming in, a, a winner. This guy does more with less, if you want to say, because he's at a, a smaller college. I really think this is going to be a close game. I mean, eight points, you're getting, what, a, a little more than a touchdown. I get it. Uh, you got quarterback issues over here at Mississippi State. Um, he hurt his shoulder last game. Uh, Tom, uh, what's his name? I wrote his name down. I don't see it. Whatever. He heard his shoulder. Tommy Stevens, I'm sorry. So if he's not healthy, Woody, he, you're coming in with a backup here. I don't know. I think it's a little too many points here. Total-wise, I'd probably be looking towards the under if if that's for total players. I'd, I'd even write it down because it's not something I'm looking at. I kind of like Kansas State. We're going hang, to hang close here. Maybe this might be one of those we talked about backdoor covers for the last game. But this is a game where I can see the backdoor being, well, uh, a good play for us getting these eight points but i'm, I'm kind of high on k-state I, I like to see what they're going to do now with the new head coach and you know hopefully it does well i kind of like them in fcs so i'm kind of cheering for them here at, at the big level and again mississippi state's down a little bit you know they're going to try to run the ball we'll see what happens but uh, the points for me is a way to go here another underdog
0: Right, I see this as definitely a run-heavy game as opposed to the other game we talked about. These are two teams that like to run the football. Uh, Kansas State running back James Gilbert had 218 yards rushing and averaging 8.4 yards per carry uh, this season, I believe. And Mississippi State, something we do need to mention, they beat K-State last year at K-State 31-10. As you mentioned, though, their quarterback, uh, a senior, Tommy Stevens, is questionable. Uh, We don't know if he plays, so that leaves it in the hands of a backup quarterback, which means more pressure on your run game. Uh, Kylan Hill, their running back, he did run for 211 yards uh, last game against K-State. So I expect more running when it comes to Mississippi State. So it's going to be a test for K-State.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, Kylin Hill. Okay, that was last year. It's a new year. We'll, we'll see what happens in this game. 51-and-a-half, uh, I just pulled up here. Actually, a couple of 52s out there, if you want to look towards the under. In that game, again, it's going to be more of a run-heavy kind of thing with some defense. So, uh, all right, K-State. sorry,
0: that's our time. Cut <laughs> Good ah. job. Uh, all right, we'll be back after the break with more Picks and Parlays Radio. See ya. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle, and also check out Picks and Parlays on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, where we stream the show live every weekday. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Right now, let's get to some MLB action with Craig Trapp. Craig, how you doing today?
2: exciting this is a time of week of course hump day you start building a bankroll for a huge football starting again on thursday
0: right so if you win some of these games you can put more money on football games this weekend i suppose that's the idea (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's start uh, with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays won the opening game of the series against the Sox 4-3 last night, snapping a seven-game losing streak for Toronto. Meanwhile, the Red Sox have now lost four in a row. They just fired their general manager, Dave Dombrowski. And something interesting, they're using an opener tonight, Bobby Pointer, a lefty with a 0-0 record and a 10-5-0 uh, ERA against Wilmer Font of the Blue Jays, 3-4, 4-3-8. Four, four, uh, who's favorite in this one, and who do you like?
2: Well, inter- interestingly enough, usually when you have the Red Sox, uh, they're almost always favorite, and they are again tonight at minus, opened at minus 155, down to minus 145. That's the unusual thing. Usually the Red Sox go in the opposite directions, but like you said, the Red Sox have not been playing well. The total here on this one opened at 10, now at 10.5 after uh, the Red Sox, of course, lost last night's opener.
0: Right and they used six pitchers last night uh since Eovaldi only went four and a third I know he's still getting stretched out so that's not necessarily his fault uh, and they even used two starters Brian Johnson and Andrew Kashner in the bullpen last night that is one uh good thing about September is you have a lot of pitchers in your bullpen I think the Red Sox have 17 so they do they do have a lot of arms but the question is if they're quality arms and if they can hold off this Blue Jays offense. Uh last night it was Rowdy Tellas, all name squad for MLB. Uh he had a two run bomb last night. And it seems like the Blue Jays, they had a lot of home runs. In fact, fifty three percent of their runs this season have come off the long ball, which is the highest rate in MLB history. So do you see home runs in this one uh, being a factor? And do you see this Blue Jays offense really uh, excelling against this Red Sox team that's probably going to use several pitchers?
2: Well, you're going to see a lot of, of uh, bullpen action tonight because both of these uh, starters, as we'll put that in quotation marks, because it's hard to consider a guy started when he's only goes up an inning or two, which is what we'll see from both starters tonight. In quotation marks again, but uh, I do think Toronto uh, does plenty tonight. I think I just think the Red Sox motivation's gone. I mean, it, it's the season's over. Obviously, like you said, Dombrowski gets fired a year after winning a championship. That speaks the volumes on uh, what the ownership and what Boston has done this season. And I think uh, at this point of the year, this is when you have to take underdogs against teams that aren't motivated, like a Red Sox public team.
0: Well, and especially since the Blue Jays have a lot of young guys that are really trying to prove their worth when they get the playing time, because September is the time when some of these young guys can make a name for themselves, and they're playing for contracts, they're playing to stay in the big leagues. And I think, like you mentioned, motivation can be a factor, but also in baseball, streaks can be a big thing. And the Red Sox seem to be streaking downward.
2: Well, yeah, and then and the favorite that makes it a big problem right, for the A. So I. Right, an issue. The yeah, blue Jays at 125 is gonna be my play tonight hopefully it'll maybe go back the other direction but I, I would not wait on this when I get on the blue Jays now before maybe uh, some sharp money continues to come in on Toronto I think the big key is you know the blue Jays the last ten times they played Boston this year they're actually five and five and almost every one you know every one of those losses they were the underdog so that tells you how much Boston usually Boston's like plus or uh, minus 200 so a little not quite as good of a, uh, odds tonight on uh, underdog home underdog in Toronto, but I still think Toronto at plus 125 is a, a pretty solid play tonight
0: All right, let's move on to the Nationals and the Twins uh, The Nationals two and a half game lead over the Cubs for that top wild card spot in the National League and the Twins lead the AL Central uh, five-game lead over Cleveland, so they're sitting pretty uh, tonight. It's Steven Strasburg on the mound for the Nats, 16 and 6 with a 3.50 ERA, uh, facing Martin Perez, who's 10 and 6 with a 4.75 ERA, and he's been a little con- inconsistent uh, over the span of the season, but he has had three quality starts in his past five. Uh, the Twins, uh, they have a decent bullpen. I know Michael Pineda has been suspended. He was one of their better starters, so that's a blow. And they do have a lot of injuries. Byron Buxton is out for the season. Max Kepler is nursing a shoulder injury. Marwin Gonzalez is out. Jay Cave is out. So they have a lot of injuries when it comes to their outfield. So that's something of note. Uh, Meanwhile, take a look at um, the Nationals' Brian Dozier kind of making his homecoming. Uh, he was a big name for the Twins for seven seasons, as well as Kurt Suzuki was a catcher for the Twins. Uh, so they might have the scouting report when it comes to the Twins. However, it was the Nationals that lost last night. So maybe that scouting report uh, wasn't as good as they thought it was because the Twins, one game, one of the series, uh, 5 nothing. So uh, what are you thinking on this one?
2: Well, first of all, the odds opened with uh, Washington, of course, favor with Steven Strasburg on the mound. Uh, Minus 142, up to minus 150 right now. Total still open to 10, still at 10. Minnesota, nice winner last night with, of course, their ace Barrios on the mound. Uh, A big difference tonight with Martin Perez and uh, obviously a big edge tonight with Steven Strasburg. And he's been very impressive, even though his last four, he's only uh, got one win and one loss i mean he's only given up more than three runs in one of those and that was last time out so i mean he's had a ton of quality starts this year and really surprising if you look at the number of quality starts that he actually doesn't have more wins
0: right well he's a big name for a reason and you probably see that in the line um any other factors you're looking at when it comes to this game just uh, other than the pitching matchup because obviously um That's an obvious one, I suppose, but it's, I don't see Strasburg going seven or eight here, so it's going to be a a full ball game, I would think.
2: Well, Washington's, their big weak point this year, a lot, of bullpen probably, I'm guessing some of these Strasburg, no decisions were the bullpen uh, letting him down, and you know, but Washington's good on the road, 38 and 35 on the year, and surprisingly, Minnesota's one of those rare teams, they have 48 and 24 on the road, they're only 41 and 31 at home, usually a team has 89 wins, that's reversed. I think Washington Knight, there's still some value there at minus 150 with Stephen Strasburg. I think hopefully the bullpen doesn't blow up late. I do also think first five innings, uh, you got to lay a little bit more juice. I see it minus 160-ish. Um, I think that's a pretty strong play here with Stephen Strasburg and the Washington Nationals getting a bounce back in this interleague matchup.
0: Right, and especially since the Twins are hurting. They have a lot of people uh, on the IL as they call it now. It's not the DL anymore. So I can see that Uh, let's move on to the Indians and the Angels. It's Adam Plutko going for the Indians. He's a righty uh, six and four with a four, four, four ERA, if that's enough fours for you Uh, last time out against the Angels, five and a third one run. That was on August 3rd, Dylan Peters going for LA three and two with a four, four, five ERA. Uh, What's the line on this one and the total?
2: Well, the line opened at uh, minus 135 for the Cleveland Indians and a total of nine. Now we see uh, that Cleveland has moved up to minus 141 in a total of nine and a half. Kind of surprising here. I actually thought this line might stay about where it was. I thought that was a pretty, pretty good line. But this time of year, the favorites do get a little money um, in that. I do think the total went the wrong direction. And I think there's a little value now getting that nine and a half instead of nine on the total.
0: Why do you think that?
2: Well, well i i hate playing even numbers because there's nothing worse for me as a better when i you know you think you have it in that last inning you get that meaningless done in a six three instead of and, and then you lose or you get a push instead of a loss so to me i think that i love nine and a half so i always think the unders to play you know in general unders and underdogs obviously you're going to usually make more money in the long term fighting those and that's when usually if you see a ton of under games in the night usually the sportsbooks did really well so if you're on that side usually you're going to do pretty well
0: right i will say pluko is a socal native and as i mentioned in his last start against the angels he did pretty well Uh, he played for ucla and he won a college world series uh so california he seems to like it there uh this one is in la or wherever the angels play i'm not sure if it's la or anaheim or because their name's so confusing (laughs) but
2: anaheim they play in anaheim but they call themselves los angeles angels
0: right it's too many initials for me, uh, one right. cautionary note, Dylan Peters is coming off a rough start uh, against Chicago where he gave up four runs in four and a third, but I think Pluco uh, does well here, so I can I can see the under here um, you wouldn't take but, a team but, straight up
2: no I, I think I just why well, I, mean, I think Cleveland wins, but I don't like the price here. I think you know it's weird Pluco you look at his last one, two three, six starts all been on the road, so guy that's been been pretty good on the road of those six starts he's two and two uh but the team is actually i believe uh four and two in that strand so it's kind of weird usually you'd think you'd get some uh home starts in there but very uh, good on the road he's only given up more than uh two runs in his last five starts one time so I, I i think uh i think we're gonna see a good outing from him i think the indians win i i think i think this is a five three five two type game with the indians win so i guess if you if you really like the indians here you could also lay the run line gives you a little better value at uh probably about plus money here, plus 105. But I would play the under nine and a half. I I think Dylan Peters is not as bad as his numbers suggest, even though you'd have to draw a line through that last one, like you said. But I think he'll be better tonight against an Indians lineup that...
0: Well, he can still give up some runs.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just think, to me, like I said, betting unders this time of year I think is a good, could, good bet. This time of year you have a lot more arms in there so guys can go to the bullpen earlier uh, and not worry about, you know, tiring out the bullpen.
0: Right. Sometimes we have to worry about those September call-ups, though, because you never know what you're going to get from them, especially uh, from the Angels. I will say their numbers probably are a little misleading in AAA because they play in Salt Lake, which is somewhere that's not great for pitchers because of the altitude. All right, those wrap up our baseball picks here on Picks and Parlays Radio. When we come back after the break, don't worry. We've got NFL football to talk about. Stick with us after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, one Pacific for Eastern, and also on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And check out Picks and Parlays on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, very easy to find. But let's get down to it because it's NFL season. Uh, we're entering week two, and we've got Tony T. Uh, on with us today to hopefully pick some more winners tony t how you doing out there
3: i'm doing great out here chelsea really excited for week two now now we've got tape on every team so now the coaching and strategists take to the film to look for some weaknesses they can exploit from their opponents
0: right and try not to overreact uh, to week one with some of these teams i suppose because it is just one game and especially since a lot of these teams Uh, didn't play their starters in the preseason, it's going to be hard not to overreact. All right, so let's start with the Bills and the Giants. The Bills are road favorites in this one. Uh, They're favored by one and a half against the Giants. The Bills coming off that, I don't know what kind of win you would call it against the Jets. It wasn't a pretty win, uh, but they pulled off the win 17-16. Giants coming off a loss to the Cowboys 35-17. Initial thoughts on this one.
3: All right, we got the Bills here, favorite one and a half. Total sits at 43 and a half. I got to say it's a good one for the defense because you know down 16 and nothing shells up. The defense kept the Bills in the game, which allowed for the comeback. Also, you got to credit Josh Allen. You know he had the fumble, the two interceptions. He kept his composure. Bills kept them in the game, and they made that comeback victory.
0: Right, but do you? Um, I mean, if they dig themselves in that hole again, do you see them being able to get out of it? Yet again for another week against the Giants.
3: Well, you know that that getting that hole will be a learning experience for this team to make sure that they execute better, which they did in that second half. I like the way the rookie running back Devin Sing- Singletary played uh, in the pass and the run. He's a rookie out of Fau. That's why I'm going to be here on the Bills minus one and a half. And um, you know Josh Allen did finish 24-37, 254 yards, made amends for the, for those early mistakes. And uh, they should be able to move a, the ball on a Giants defense, Chelsea, that really struggled. They've struggled for many seasons, did have this this team from, from New York. Um, you know, that 35-17 loss was ugly. Uh, they surrendered 494 yards to Dallas, 78% completion rate, also to Chelsea. Be careful asking for Daniel Jones, the quarterback, because when you look at the Giants roster, they don't have much weapons in their passing game. Now they're starting receivers. Sterling Shepard's dealing with a concussion. A backup, Darius Slayton, is also hurt and Golden Tate suspended so uh, I, I think you keep Manning in there for a while
0: right how much of the Giants lost to the Cowboys and you mentioned their defense uh, looking pretty tough uh, well a tough look not tough uh, against the Cowboys how much do you attribute that to the Cowboys having a really good offense because the Cowboys offensively are a few steps ahead of the Bills
3: they are they are definitely a few steps ahead of the Bills but I think the Bills defense is be is a little closer to the Cowboys' defense. Of course, Cowboys is the team I have winning the Super Bowl when we did our preseason uh, rundown, and I, I do, do believe this, the Cowboys are fantastic teams. But again, looking at this Giants club, I just don't like what I see offensively and defensively from this team. And again, you got to credit the Bills. You know, you're down 16-0. You are down 16 nothing. you do not quit. Your defense keeps you in the game. That means a lot, and I think, the team, I think they built some momentum off that victory. And it's not a long travel spot. You know, back-to-back road games, how you're here in Buffalo and you visit New York, uh, you visit New Jersey in back-to-back weeks, that's not too bad.
0: Right. All right, so you're taking the Bills in that one.
3: Definitely going to take the Bills here, minus one and a half.
0: All right, let's move on to the Chiefs and the Raiders and a bit of injury notes for the Chiefs. Uh, Quarterback Patrick Mahomes back at practice today after spraining his ankle in week one, so he looks good to go. Tyreek Hill is not good to go. He's out four to six weeks with a sternoclavicle injury, so keep that in mind when you're talking about this Chiefs offense. However, they do have a lot, a lot, a lot of weapons Uh, on that Chiefs offense, so still probably going to be explosive. They're facing the Raiders, who are coming off a win despite all the A-B chaos. They won 24-16 over the Broncos. Uh, Chiefs, I'd assume, are favored in this one. Uh, What's the line and what's the spread?
3: We have Kansas City here favored by seven, total 52-and-a-half. I'm going to stay away from the spread. I'm going to go over the total of 52-and-a-half. I just don't trust this Chiefs defense to protect the lead. You talked about these garbage touchdowns. You know, i was watching the uh, chiefs and jaguars uh, the replay on nfl.com of course uh, you know, they give you the replays and the coaches film for like 100 dollars a year 30 minute replay so it's pretty good so i was watching the game i didn't like the way the chiefs played defensively looking at the coaches film when they had the lead they were just too passive just giving too much room for minshaw to operate and that's why you, you gobbled up all those yards against them so if the chiefs are up by more than one score i'm not i'm not comfortable they're gonna be able to hold the lead so that's why i'm looking to go over the total they did convert 10 of 14 on third down. I like that by the Chiefs last week in their win against the Jaguars. Let's, let's face it, Chelsea. The Chiefs were the most game-ready team having played starters in the preseason. That's what Andy Reid does. And if you look at his September record, it proves that they, do, they play very well in September. 491 yards against a pretty good Jaguars uh, uh, defense. 378 yards passing, 73% completion rate. And, uh, again, I thought it was pretty good
0: right i think the knock on the chiefs is their defense because obviously their offense is explosive and they score a lot of points but last season we saw them also give up a lot of points uh granted i thought gardner Minshew was actually pretty good for the jags uh but giving up 26 points to the jags that that kind of uh throws me off a little bit
3: yeah when you watch the coaches film you'll see what happened you'll see basically the chiefs really pretty much played a very passive style of defense gave up a lot of space for Minshew to operate it kind of looked like, you know, Washington State playing like Northern Colorado, where there's like t- ten yards between receiver and secondary. They were just kind of letting the time run off the clock. So, again, that's what I'm worried about here with KC when they get leads, is that they don't—they're not very aggressive defensively. They just lean to their offense a little too much. But looking at the Oakland side, you know, Oakland's going to put up some points here, I believe here, because you look at uh, the improvement here from, from Derek Carr. He was—he was very—he was uh, accurate, and um, you looked here at uh, the way they move the football against the Broncos. Uh, 357 yards altogether, and uh, we look at Carr, 85% completion rate, and the Raiders completing 10 of 14 on third down.
0: And the Broncos were supposed to have a pretty good defense.
3: That's and they have a defensive-minded coach there, you know, right, Vic, Vic Fangio. So, yeah, and you you expect that to be better. And then of course everybody down the Raiders, Raiders come in here. But I think the issue there with the, I think here with the Raiders is it's, this is a different quarterback. Now they were facing a statue in Joe Flacco. We talked about Flacco pretty <laughs>
0: statue. Uh, <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then, and, you, know, you know, when you look at Flacco, there were opportunities for Flacco to move out of the pocket, and he didn't. He just stayed in the pocket, and it makes it easy for the defense. Now, a little different here, quarterback here with Mahomes. Mahomes have some mobility. So let's see how the Raiders' defense, defense handles that, knowing that they're going to be facing a, a moving target instead of the sitting one that they did with Joe Flacco.
0: Right, a much younger, uh, more mobile quarterback. So you like the over in that one?
3: I like the over in this game, and, of course, you did mention the – the injury there to tyreek hill but like you talked about you know there's a lot of weapons on on can the one thing you worry about mostly with this chiefs team is the cluster injuries as long as it's just one they'll be okay but when you, if you see a lot more go down then you got to worry about it because you know they got trellis kelsey there sammy watkins and marcus robinson and company so one injury they'll be okay
0: oh yeah sammy watkins i think he blew up uh, especially for fantasy owners <laughs> i think i remember <laughs> seeing uh, him get a ton of points in week one so uh, it looks like Pat Mahomes can kind of spread the ball around.
3: Yeah, he sure can, and uh, he can definitely move, uh, spread the ball around. He's got running backs back there, but you know it's got to be some excitement there in Las Vegas for the Raiders, right? I mean, they're coming to town. They're not going. Doesn't look like they're going to be a bad team. They could be at least you know eight-win team possibly the way they look here if they can keep it up. So there must be some excitement building up in Vegas.
0: I think it does say a lot about the Raiders that they were able to go out and get a win despite all of the noise and the chaos that surrounded them with Hard Knocks, with Antonio Brown, uh, with their management. So, I mean, if they can still get a win throughout all that, hats off to them.
3: Yeah, and, and week two is always telling because now teams put you under the microscope. They're going to see your weaknesses, and uh, they're going to exploit those. How are the Raiders going to adjust here if they get behind in, in, the, first, in the first half, how will those second half adjustments will be? This is where the coaching and strategists take over here from now on.
0: All right, let's move on to the Eagles and the Falcons. The Eagles, man, they survived a tough one against the Redskins, which nobody saw coming. They did win that one, 32-27. Meanwhile, the Falcons, man, they looked bad against the Vikings. Uh, 28-12 loss. Dan Quinn uh, looking to be almost on the hot seat after just one game because that Falcons offense that supposedly has so many weapons only scored 12 points. Uh, Matt Ryan's supposed to be this veteran quarterback, uh, prolific. He's led the team uh, to a Super Bowl appearance. And they have Julio Jones, but he only had six catches for 31 yards in their opening game, so you'd think that they'd like to get him more involved. Uh, meanwhile, the Eagles, they looked terrible in the first half, obviously, but they did, uh, to their credit, lead a phenomenal comeback in the second half. So maybe that some of that's rust. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you see in this one?
3: we got we got the eagles and falcons here we've got we've got we're going to play here the the over over 51 points eagles are favored by one in this game i don't want to i don't want to touch the spread because i'm not sure about this eagle defense but let's face it no one's going to look good playing in minnesota this year that minnesota defense. we go back and look at the numbers from last year highest sack percentage by the vikings at home that's a difficult environment for anyone to go into uh so I'm I'm gonna kind of give a, the Falcons a pass here, but I won't give a pass in this game if they don't look good, but they do have weapons in their passing game. You know, Eagles, you know, they're also dealing with injuries here. Their starting tackle uh is, is gonna be out. And we did talk about their offense waking up in the second half, posting 25 second half points in their win against Washington. Um uh, they did pile up 436 yards, 313 through the air, three touchdown passes by Wentz. I like that, and I like the fact they're able to move the sticks. Finishing 11-17 on third down despite a really bad first half, which, again, some rust, it wore off. But here's the thing with the Eagles here. Defensively, you allow 380 yards to a Redskin team that's supposed to be down with Case Keenum, three of 44 completions, uh, three touchdown passes. They couldn't cover because they gave up that late garbage touchdown. But, again, uh, the Falcons have talent in the receiver position. Devontae Freeman is healthy. You know, Smith is the backup. So I think the, the Falcons, this is going to be a different game altogether here. This is a different opponent they're facing. They're not facing the Vikings on the road. Atlanta's at home. They'll be able to get some points, and I think they'll be chasing the Eagles. I think the Eagles will be up in this one. I think they'll chase them. And it'll come down to a one-score game, and I do see this one going over.
0: It surprises me that the Eagles are only one-point favorites in this.
3: I think, again, I think the fact that what bothers a lot of a lot of the bettors out there is the, the Eagles' defense, giving up that much yardage. To the to the Redskins as well as through the air, and again, you got to remember the Falcons were in Minnesota. No, not too many teams are going to look good in that venue. It's just it's just a difficult place for opponents to play in. So I think they they look at the fact that the Falcons are back home where they play better. Uh, you're not going to deal with the crowd noise. They have weapons there, and again, the Eagles defense just remember they had the issue last year. Remember your Titans going in there and were able to put up points on that Eagles team and beat them.
0: I was going to say we won that game. I know they did that's the problem with the Titans they give you faith when they beat these really good teams and then they'll turn around and lose to a terrible team which I'm hoping is not the case uh, this week against the Colts because man I want to bet the Titans but my heart says no that they'll probably let me down
3: Yep, (laughs) yep and we like this one here Atlanta and Philadelphia to go over total of 51 points now, getting back to some of the other notes there, talking about your, your Tennessee Titans, I was impressed with Tennessee. I, I told you in our pre, when we, we, I think our first show, we looked at Tennessee, and I told you, I think this would, this is definitely a long shot possibility to win the Super Bowl. Again, when you have a defense like the Titans, uh, this right. awesome, all you need is just a little improvement from the offense. Mark, Marcus Mariota on a contract year. We saw Dak Prescott on a contract year. Always know the contract year guys, even in baseball. Oh, yeah, they uh, you know do, it.
0: They have it yeah. front and center in their head. Uh, Their defense looked really good, and I think nobody talks about their defense for some reason or another, but they were the third-best defense in the entire NFL last season, and we saw it against the Browns. They had several picks. They looked good. So last season they only averaged 19 points per game, and they still won nine games. So the defense is still there. I'm still a little cautious about their offense, though.
3: Um, I think they can, they can improve this year. Every team has a right to improve. And of course, the defense really is rejuvenated. Just give them a little help. They're getting the help. And I think I think it'll be a good season for the Titans. And of course, the Colts, um, you know, having to travel in this spot. No Andrew Luck. But Percent was, uh, he, he, did, he did show something last week in, in rallying for the uh, overtime.
0: Right. As I like to mention, he was a third round pick from the Patriots who know their quarterbacks. All right. Those are NFL picks. When we get back from the break, a recap. Of all of our picks on Picks and Parlays Radio, and we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline and Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, one Pacific, four Eastern, and also on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. Check out Picks and Parlays. On all the social media platforms as well YouTube Facebook and Twitter and we also stream the show live and also if there are any games you're wondering about they're probably on our YouTube page because we archive uh, all of our game previews so never fear if there's a game that we didn't cover today and you're curious about just head over to our YouTube page it's probably there alright so let's get to a recap of all of today's picks from today's show starting with a little college football from Sean Higgs. Uh, Washington State at Houston, taking the dogs in this one. Houston, plus nine. K-State at Mississippi State, taking K-State at plus eight. And then our middle segment was baseball with Craig Trapp. Red Sox at Blue Jays, taking Toronto at plus 125. Nationals at Twins, taking the Nats, minus 150 with Steven Strasburg on the mound. Indians at Angels. Taking the under nine and a half is the total in that one. And then finally, our NFL picks with an exclamation point because we're really excited about it. Uh, Bills at Giants taking the road favorites. Bills at minus one and a half. Chiefs at Raiders taking the over 52 and a half is the total in that one. Uh, Eagles Falcons taking another over at 51. Those are NFL picks. We've got plenty more where that came from. And we're back here tomorrow talking about even more football and even more baseball if you want to win some money. Make sure and tune in 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern on Picks and Parlays Radio. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow on Picks and Parlays. Bet, win, repeat. See you tomorrow.